Well, welcome in, kids, to Teal Town USA Live here on Teal Town USA, the YouTube channel, uh, talking about the 2021 NHL Free Agent Frenzy recap. Uh, before we get into that, of course, our house cleaning, social media, and support. That's right. Follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Reddit is cool, too. And if you'd like to support the show, you can use Venmo at Teal Town USA. So let's get into it, guys. Uh, we got Ian with me, and of course, Shalana Goldman coming in from NHL.com. So, uh, shall we just start and talk about the teams that didn't trade goalies today? <laughs> <laughs> Is there, do they exist? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is like Tampa the only team that didn't replace a goalie today? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Shalena, let's start with you. I mean, do you want to start in the East? Do you want to? Where do you want to go with this? Biggest uh, name? I, I mean, uh, it's, well, it's. I feel like we should start at the East. I mean, since right before we, right, right before we hopped on, we were looking at Buffalo, and just <sighs> they're just not even, you know. And like we said before, you know, so they signed Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell, and Aaron Dell, great guy. You know, loved talking to him when he was a shark, but just that that team, it's like we were saying off air, they're just not even trying anymore. It's it's just it's pretty dismal. And for a guy like Dell whose you know, professional career is probably winding down, just what what just what a way to end it in, in Buffalo with that team. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, some teams going one A, one B, Buffalo going three B, three A. That's it's, I mean, I have all the time in the world for both of these goalies that are signed there. So you got Craig Anderson, who I have all the time in the world for, and I have all the time in the world for Aaron Dell. But uh, both guys, obviously, Craig Anderson, 40 years old. I can't imagine this is how, how, why would you want to go out like this? Like, how many more years can Craig Anderson play? I would argue yeah. not very many. And Buffalo, I mean, it's a mess, and Aaron Dell I feel bad for because Aaron Dell at this point is clinging to his professional career for dear life, and he's just got to go where the spots are available. And unfortunately for him, that's Buffalo, who are just a gong show. <laughs> like, out of all the spots that were available. <laughs> God. Well, who else is, is sticking up from the East that you were kind of like, oh, not bad, solid moves. I got. I have to go back and look. I, I I can't even remember all of that. I mean, it was the it was the goalie roundtable today. It was just so insane, and you know, and looking at you know, well, where's Gru? You know, well, where's Grubauer going to go? Is he going to stay? You know, is he going to stay in the Western Conference? And so watching him, and um, you know, and looking at you know, and Darcy Kemper moved. It's just it was just it was nutty today. It was so crazy. I'll, I'll give a team in the East that I thought did really well uh, in free agency, and that'd probably be the Boston Bruins. I like a lot of the moves the Bruins made. Um, bringing in Linus Olmark, I think, was a good move, depending on what happens with Rask. Obviously, Rask needs surgery, so they're not going to sign him right away. They can probably sign him to a prorated salary down the road. And if Rask doesn't want to play, I think Linus Olmark's a guy who I think behind that blue line will do really well for them. Um, yeah, so I really like, uh, at a glance anyway, I really like what Boston's done so far. Well, look, f fuck the East because the, the East doesn't, <laughs> you know, they don't pay attention to us, you know, so l screw them. Uh, look, 
what do we think about the uh, Darcy Kemper? Uh, I mean, are like the Avalanche? They fought, it, like waited until I guess what, like the last possible minute to get Landeskog locked down, and then it sounded as if Sakic could not just figure it out with Grubauer, and so it was like, okay, forget it. That was the impression that I got as well, because I I don't think that was their first choice. I think they were, I mean, with, 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 with how solid he'd been for them, I really did get the impression that he was trying to make something work, and it just, it wasn't. Um, so it it is going to be kind of interesting because the team that they had last season, you know, in the truncated season was so well-tooled. I'm still shocked that they, you know, that they couldn't get past Vegas because they're, they're so fast and they are a deep team. So it will be, but, you know, part of that success is the fact that Grubauer was so solid for them. So it will be interesting to see this particular team with somebody else between the pipes. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with that, With especially with um, their goaltending situation. I mean, they 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 paid quite a price to get uh, Darcy Kemper, but what were they going to do? They have every other piece in place. And then suddenly you have this big hole in goal. Um, and for the Colorado Avalanche, I mean, that's, that's a disaster. They had to go and get somebody. Um, and they really, obviously they paid through the nose to get it. And I think um, sticking in the West, I think like Arizona, like what they're doing, I think, you know, again, call talk about teams rebuilding the rebuild, but I, I really like what Arizona's done so far as far as being a rebuilding team. They've managed to get some decent assets. Um, and obviously they got Dylan Gunther in the draft, which I think is a was a coup for them. And now uh, they got a really good price for uh, Darcy Kemper uh, to, out of a Colorado team that, you know, Sackick was kind of bent over the barrel. God, it would have been so funny to see Sackick somehow maneuver a way to get Flurry into Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, Arizona, you know, not going to see him as much now being in the central, but whatever. Uh, who now scares you the most in the Pacific division? I mean, there's like no aside more aside from Vegas. Well, I was going to say, but no more flurry. What if Leonard, you know, without that support net of flurry there, what if Leonard stumbles? I still think that they're going to be really tough. They have they they're 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 still they're still super big up front, and they have a really strong blue. They have a really strong blue line. They are really really good at pushing skaters, you know, to the aside. So uh, while Leonard, you know, Leonard's definitely not flurry. However, I I do I mean I do think that they're still going to be really 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 tough. Well, and, yeah. Uh, hold <clears throat> hold on, Ian. I uh, just wanted to get hockey jerk in here saying uh, with what Grubauer eventually came in at, I'm surprised Colorado didn't match it on principle major mistake by them. For sure. I mean, yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, we don't know what happened in the negotiation, but obviously um, whatever they did in Seattle was, or yeah, it was Seattle um, obviously enticed them far more. Yeah. Well, and jerk also saying Colorado also losing Don Scoy. Or Jonas Dunsquee, uh, and, Jonas, <laughs> and Brandon Saad. So Colorado can't be done. I know. I know that's true. This is this is you know this is only the first day. There are still things that could happen. Well, and isn't Vegas like over the cap right now? I think that's, so. Yeah, I just a check. Last time, last time I looked, I think they were. They're about two million over the cap. Yeah. 
well, isn't that how they play? Isn't that like their MO? Right. You know, <laughs> isn't that how you get there? Uh, now, my dark horse to finish well in the Pacific is L.A. Made a couple of key plays. I mean, yeah. Edler and yeah, Demo. I, I concur. Yeah, I think uh, L.A., I really like what um, L.A. has done. Uh, Philip Deneau, I think, is really going to help them down the middle. Um, and Edler, I think, is a serviceable guy. He's going to be, you know, he's a veteran presence. I, I don't mind that. I think, I mean, the Pacific's going to be such a mess still. Um, there's some teams that I think are going to do really well. But that last playoff spot, I think, is is jump ball. And the Kings, they, they look at they've they've got prospects. Now they need to start, you know, moving and getting things into place when those guys start to come into the lineup. So, I think LA is going to start their ascent back up the the standings. Are they a Stanley Cup contender right now? No, but you know, I think that they could be a threat for a playoff spot. I think there's a couple teams that could be a threat for a playoff spot uh, in the Pacific based on how messy it is. It's going to be. Shalana, what, what's your take I on the Kings? I, I, well, I think we kind of saw, you know, to what Ian said, I think we kind of saw this with starting with L.A. last season. They that they really they went from being, you know, a playoff contender to being bottom of the barrel very quickly and making and making that transition from your aging veterans on, you know, on the cup winning teams to going and having your prospects come up be ready they really hit i mean they hit the bottom of the barrel really quickly and you're finally starting to see them come out of that and you're starting to see some of their young you know some of their younger guys um you know filling in roles and being more prepared for you know the for the nhl workload um to what ian said are they a are they a like you know are they a playoff contender i i still don't think so but i think they are going to make a push, and I think they are. They're, and I think they're a bit scrappier than they've been in, in, you know, in the last few seasons. And so I think I think they'll make things interesting. Well, I know they have a couple of interesting new pieces. Whether they're Turcotte and what's the other cat's name, Ian? Byfield. Yeah. The, so if those guys ripen quicker than they hope, then I don't know. Uh, Anaheim. Let me see. They signed. Uh, let me see if I can pronounce this right. Uh, Getzlaff. <laughs> I think that's like the only that's thing. That's hard to say. It's really, really hard. You're going to have to work on that one. Right? I, I mean, Anaheim just, uh, are they like Buffalo West at this point? I was just about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> just not even, just not even pretending to try. Just not even, not even doing a whole like respect the process thing. Just no. I'm Go straight for broke. I mean, if I'm Gibson, I'm going straight slap shop and just trade me right <laughs> fucking now. <laughs> no. I mean, yikes. Yeah, I mean, Anaheim has like I don't think they have the the talent pool in their prospect system that LA does, but they do have some interesting pieces, and there are some really nice players coming up in the next couple of years that would complement what they have in their pipeline quite well, and and they're really. They're a team that has, they don't have a lot going for them right now. And they're not a team where I think they could just make a big splash in free agency and turn their fortunes around. So they kind of have to trust the process that they have going here. And I feel like, yeah, it's I, I'm not worried about Anaheim uh, this year. Well, for at least a Mike scorecard, let's go up north. Calgary did 
I don't feel like they got better. You lose your captain. No. It's like it's no. That was in having his presence not being in that dressing room anymore. I think they're really going to see. Um, I think you're really going to see some. You know, I don't want to say deteriorate completely, but they've been that team for the last several seasons where they go on one or two hot streaks a season and then tank. And this could be a season where they they don't even find that, at least not until later in the season when it's not going to matter any, anymore. I just I want to see how Daryl Sutter deals with all of this, Ian. <laughs> That's well, the thing I, I don't understand is, like, this team isn't, like, I don't think this team is, like, Daryl Sutter's the guy you want to bring in to get something out of this out of a team quickly before he wears out his welcome. That's been his M.O., since he's been in the league he comes in comes in hot and then as time goes on he wears out his welcome in the room guys get sick of him um and calgary it it confuses me because i don't look at this calgary team and be like this is a team that you're gonna squeeze something out of and get anything out of them um considering the loss like i do like i do like their signing of blake coleman i think that's a nice addition but i feel like they're probably a team to me that was probably in on a lot of things and was the bridesmaid instead of the bride. Well, and Coleman is a guy where, um, you know, you know, you know, we saw what he did in the cup final, but you know, how, how is he going to be on a team that, you know, that, you know, that isn't a cup contender? How is he going to be, you know, what, you know, is he the, see the type of guy that's going to be like, Hey, I'm from, you know, I'm from this really, really good team. I'm, 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 I'm going to put Calgary on my back. Or is he going to be a guy where he ends up fading into the background because, this team has so many other pieces missing. Yeah. Well, flip over to uh, Edmonton then. Uh, they have to be a favorite to make the top three. Yeah, I, I as it's which is amazing because as much <laughs> as like I think Ken Holland's doing a terrific job, and that's one hundred percent sarcasm. Um, you know, they still have Connor McDavid, so. I, th- I think they're they're in the picture, but I look at this team and I look at some of the moves they've made with some of the pieces they have, and I don't know what this team is. Like I, I'm curious to see what Zach Hyman's going to look like. I think he's going to probably do okay because he'll be on a line with McDavid and Drysaitel, and it's hard to fail when you're on a line with those two guys. But I still look at this team. I still look at you know they, I look at their goaltending. Like this is a team that's going to make the playoffs, but are they just what are they going to do when they get there? I don't think they're going to do a whole lot. They are, they are a bit of a, they are a bit of a wild card. You know, they have certain components that should, you know, be able to propel them, you know, and have them make maybe not a super deep playoff run, but be successful in the playoffs. But the, you know, they're still not very deep up front. Um, and, you know, after a long season, you know, and we're, we, we don't have the truncated season like, you know, like we did last year, we're back to a regular season and that's going to wear on, and that really wears on teams like that where you don't have enough guys to pick up, you know, the, the slack. Yeah, it's going to be real. Well, because didn't Edmonton get swept in the playoffs? E, my gosh. Yes. I mean, if you're... That sounds like so long ago. It was, and it wasn't right? even that long ago. That's <laughs> the crazy thing about, about this they summer. They did, they did. Yeah, I mean... If you're Connor McDavid, at some point you got to be going. Stop wasting my talents. Right. <laughs> Jeez, like I'm like, in I my just, prime. I, look and I think of like you, like you know, like they have pieces, but then like, what do you do to compliment them? You bring in Duncan Keith. Like I just, I don't know what this team's doing. 
I don't know what this like. This team is such a mishmash of ideas. Well, then what about Vancouver, who seemed to make a ton of moves today? The thing with Vancouver is a couple seasons ago, I really thought that they were going to emerge and be a threat. And, you know, of course, you know, you have, you know, we had, you know, the lockdown. And so that stopped things. But and they had the huge COVID outbreak this past season. But I I really I really expected more from this team and they've just never developed. And clearly they're aware of that, which is why they've been active so far. Um, now, what they're able to do with that still remains to be seen though um, i do I, like I, oh sorry go ahead oh no i was gonna say you know a couple seasons ago i was really impressed with you know their i was really impressed with their core of younger players they had a lot of pluck i really i just i expected them to you know really make an impact and they just they just didn't well and it seemed like they got rid of some of the anchors whether it, i know that they had been high for a long time on like sven berchi and that never seemed to pan out but you had guys like Pedersen, um, uh, who's the other kid that I can't think of right now? Well, oh, Brock, Brock Besser. Yeah, Brock Besser. Besser. Yeah, Bo Horvat. I mean, you had some key pieces there, and it seemed as though you'd gotten your goaltending kind of locked in. Then it was just like, what the hell? Like, like you were saying, Shalane, it was like it just it, they couldn't come together. There was like yeah. just something missing. I was going to say, though, I do like I think one thing about the Canucks that I do like going into this year is I like their goaltending. I think Jaro Halak is uh, probably one of the better goaltenders that were available um, to be had uh, in this free agent signing. And I think pairing him with a guy like Demko, um, I think, is going to do Demko a world of good um, because he's a steady guy that can come in and. You know, he doesn't um, like Braden Holtby didn't really have a good season uh, in Vancouver. So if Demko, you know, if Demko kind of gets in the thing, you can have a guy like Halak come in there, give you quality starts. So I do like them in goal. I don't really like them on the blue line. But again, Pacific is such a mishmash of weird teams that, you know, do I think they're a playoff team? No. But would it surprise me if they snuck in? No. Also, no. Well, it's like what? After Hughes, everything dives off a cliff? <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i mean they brought in El- Oliver reckman larson i think that's gonna be interesting to see how that pans out um but you know it might it might help them um but yeah it's ugh, it's a mess <laughs> well let's go a little bit south seattle are we afraid shalena of any of this right now <laughs> i mean obviously Grubauer, but after right. that I know, I know Grubauer staying in the in the division, and he's so good against the Sharks. So there, so there, um, so there is that. Um, but you know, it's what was interesting with when with Vegas's inaugural season that you had all these different pieces coming from so many different places, and nobody expected them to gel as well as they did. Um, and so, but that's so that's going to be yes. The Kraken, you know, has you know has talent on on their roster from this expansion draft, but you but they're also you know until proven they're also a mishmash of a team. You don't know if you know if they're going to be able to get scoring from all four lines. You don't know if the blue line is going to give Grubauer the support he's used to having, like he did in Colorado, and he's also a guy who gets very frustrated. So you don't know if that's going to throw everything off as well. Um, I do just from who they have signed. I do think it's worth you know keeping an eye on them. They're not going to suck, obviously, 
Um, but again, it's, you know, I think the biggest thing for them is, okay, are they going to have this amazing chemistry right off the bat that Vegas has and become another uber confident, uber cocky Pacific division team, or are they just going to kind of be middle of the pack? Yeah. Well, it seemed, I mean, Ian, I think you've talked about this before that it was like Vegas, when they came in, seemed to have this strategy of like, we don't need a top line and a second line and a third line and fourth. We just want four second lines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I really like the blue line of the, the Kraken and I think their goaltending is going to be good too. Like I, I do like Chris Dreger. I like Grubauer. Um, they've got some guys, like they've got some guys on their blue line that I really like, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do. Like, like Jamie Alexiak's a guy who I really want to see how he does without Heiskanen on the other side. Right. I, he, I think he's good, but how good is he with Oaks? I think, you know, Heiskanen's amazing. Um, so I think of that, but up front, they don't scare me all that much. Like down the, like, I think they, they really need some NHL centers because they, they have a bunch of wingers and that's about it. <laughs> Let's see a team that doesn't have a lot of centers. Oh, that brings us to San Jose. Uh, <laughs> No, we did get a center today, so that's interesting. Yes. So uh, some big moves, and I know uh, Eric and Mark talked about it earlier today, um, but Shalena, I mean, th- we were on the call earlier today, uh, the multiple calls. You know, Wilson seems to uh, really like, you know, that he had said that he had been keeping tabs on, you know, cogs and bones, which is going to be a thing now, just to let you know. Which Cog- is totally going to be a thing. There needs to be cogs and bones t-shirts like merch needs to come out oh absolutely i'm ready for it (laughs) but you get cogs and bones the whole thing but i mean i'll give you this wilson it generally plays things really close to the vest he's not going to tell you a lot but he did tell you that it was like no that we need goalies (laughs) aiden hill and james reimer okay we need bottoms you know we need to shore up the third line center position hello you know, Benino, then it was, we still need depth. Maybe we put some of the younger guys in a little too early, which they've kind of done over the last couple seasons, but you add in Cogliano. I mean, I feel better about the team than I did a couple days ago, but I'm still kind of like, I don't know. You know, I mean, if, if a hurdle or a couture goes down early in the season, then what, if Meyer doesn't bounce back, then what, you know? If this blue line doesn't bounce back, then what? Well, what's really interesting, you just touched on this. How often does Doug Wilson, um, and I've been in press conferences with him for, this is my 10th season. Um, it, it just, I mean, how often does he say, okay, we're going to go out and get this, and then it actually happens. He said on Tuesday, he said, we're going to get another goaltender and, and we need forward depth. And he went out and he did that. So that really shows, and he um, he used a couple examples on the on the call on Tuesday, um, talking about some of the young guys not being ready to take on the workload. And you know, for a couple of seasons, it was no, you know, our young guys are going to be ready, and we're conditioning them, and da 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 da. And that's gone now. It was like, no, no, we are bringing in. That and he and he's um, it wasn't just veteran presence, he said quality, he used the word quality a lot. 
So he wasn't just going to go out and sign anybody. I think the fact that he's kept an eye on Bonino and Cagliano is very interesting. Um, so this could so this could have been something where he'd been eyeing them for a while, even before they were available with and had and had something in mind. Um, I think bringing in two guys um, and they're um, just in talking to the two. I think what the I think what the two of them bring to the table is something that Sharks have lacked for you know lacked for a while, not just in bring depth to you know you know the you know your bottom six or what you know or what have you um but i think you also need this you, you need that veteran presence to keep play going and some of the younger guys were very much intimidated by the play even if even a even a fast guy like noah gregor um you know gets lost in the shuffle yep. especially later in the season so like you said it, it you know if Couture goes down or, you know, is somebody else going to pick up the pieces? That's probably going to be, that's probably going to fall to a hurdle or an Evander Kane, but having that depth, I think does serve them well. And, um, and I really like what he did with the goaltending. I really like what he did with the goaltending. I've always been a Reimer fan. I think he's, I, he's, he, he works really well in the tandem. And one of the things I, I mean, when I went through his, stats today all his best work is when he doesn't have a full workload when he can come in and one of the things and i'm sure i've talked about it on here before one of the things you know we talked about with martin jones was that his best season you know was that 2015-16 season but particularly at the end when reimer was his backup part of that's because martin jones plays better when there's a fire lit under his butt and having a backup that can take his job probably fueled him but i also like that Reimer, he's a he's a very cool customer. He's got a great demeanor. I think that also helps keep things in check, and that made Jones a better goalie. And so I'm really excited to see what he does working with Aiden Hill, who doesn't have as big of a body of work and is you know and can evolve more. So even if the blue line has its usual hiccups as it does early in the season, and I, having 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 better having better guards in net, I think, is just going to be huge. Well, I also think, like, if you look at the the signings, like a guy like Nick Benino, like that's going to help. Like, obviously, like the defense, the defense needs to be better. But guys like Nick, like uh, Nick Benino and, and Andrew Cogliano, these guys are going to help the team defense. Uh, the you know the defense being yeah. played as a team, as well. Well, and Wilson, uh, well, I. I can't remember. There's so many calls. Uh, Wilson or Bugner, that you know, they both talked about. Uh, I think it was Bugner that said, "Look, getting a Benino, that's going to be a guy who can take responsibility of defensive zone faceoffs, and you're not going to burn out Hurdle and Couture playing hard minutes. Let them focus on those O zones." I'm totally down with that. The thing that uh, that makes me just a scotch nervous, like I, I, I'm I'm feeling better about this team than I was a few days ago, but. I, you know, it's, is Timo going to bounce back? You know, are we finally going to see the Eric Carlson from Ottawa for an extended amount of time rather than just gl- short glimpses? Uh, can Barabanov continue what he started? Uh, the, you know, those, those, those little things where it's like, boy, if they can do that, then I'm kind of like, all right, I'm excited about this season. And I think they, you know, they could maybe do some damage if, you know, like Shalana mentioned, Reimer puts up good numbers when he has a lower workload. 
if Hill finds some success, Ryan finds some, some success, and like you were saying, you see that focus on guys being defensively sound. Uh, the other thing that was mentioned was the culture that Cogliano and Benino and Reimer are going to be, that these guys all have sterling reputations. They bring others around them up, and maybe they can bring a cohesiveness to, the, to this team that we haven't seen since the departure of Pavelski. And in fact, Cogliano even mentioned that he had had some chats with Pavelski about fitting in in San Jose and, and like this, the move has Pav's blessing, it seems. Yeah, that, 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 that I thought was pretty interesting um, that, um, that Pavelski had talked to him and it seemed like pretty extensively about, uh, um, you know, about, you know, about coming to San Jose. And he also said, AJ, you were on the call earlier, so you heard it. One of the other things he said, he actually said point blank, like I'm a good locker room guy. And, um, having that type of, and I think that's huge, not just with Pavelski, Pavelski left, but you also had um, your more tempered veterans left. Uh, Brendan Dillon left, Justin Braun. Those were the guys that anchored those really, really big personalities that are still in the Sharks dressing room. And after they departed, okay, you have Couture, okay, you have Hurdle, who are, you know, who, you know, who are more tempered, but how does that, you know, but that's a lot to outweigh an EK9, an EK65, EK a Brent Burns. Um, those are really big personalities. And so I think bringing in um, a guy like Cog- a guy like Cogliano, who prides himself on being that locker room guy, I think that's huge. Um, and I think that'll also help with bringing up some of the younger guys, you know, mentally. It was a big workload mentally on Timo Meyer to step in after the Pavelski departure and, you know, and after other pieces left, you know, you know, and, you know, and Jonas Donskoy is another one, you know, while one of the younger guys, he was also one of those more, you know, more tempered personalities that helped even out that dressing room. And so not just on the ice, but off the ice, I think this, I just think that this spells out very, very well, you know, how long it takes for that chemistry to develop. We don't know yet. Um, I'm sure the first day of training camp, which is never a good indicator because everybody's in a good mood. Um, <laughs> you know, we won't know right off the bat how it fits, but it seems like both him and Benino, um, and the fact that the two of them are friends is fantastic too. And so having both of them come in and wanting to work on being part of the culture that that can what you know what how much that translates onto the ice we don't know, but that is definitely something that can be a recipe for, for bringing a locker room together. Yeah, and we, did, you know, and Reimer did mention it's there's ties there. Whether it's the uh, you know Bugner with Florida, uh, Francilla, there's you know I, it feels like Reimer is coming into a very comfortable situation. You know, already has knows some of the boys, so I think that'll that should be good. And you talked about tempered personalities. You know, one name that you didn't mention, Joe Thornton. You know, so so what's really funny is that Joe's actually bigger and louder um, yeah. in, the, in the in the locker room um i, I, I mean in, in the in the sharks locker room I, i'm like honestly i'm sure he's like that in in you know in toronto too uh, but he was a guy who would yell you know he was a guy who would you know you know he was much more vocal whereas you know yeah yeah pavelski would yell behind closed doors but he was still much more tempered yeah. um joe actually was one of the bigger person personalities that you know that was there um and just you know and there's 
nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a team with a lot of, you know, with a lot of big personalities like that. However, you, you do need to have, you know, some balance. And that also helps when the team isn't doing well. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that helps to get everybody, you know, to rally and keep pushing and not get too well on themselves. I didn't mean to go into sports psychology, you know, <laughs> but here we are. Well, I'm, I, I mentioned it just because I'm interested to see it, you know, annually and, you know, COVID can throw a, a loop into things, not to mention, you know, all the stuff that is actually happening at solar for America ice and the whole facility and the expansion and the Barracuda arena. But, uh, typically, just before camp starts, you usually see that kind of captain's ice thing. And we've seen it over the last few years. Even though Marlowe wasn't technically a shark, he participated. We've seen Jumbo participate. So I wonder if we see those guys next month, you know, or I'm sorry, two months from now, but early September, if we see those guys kind of hanging out. Because, I mean, uh, Shalena... Do you see Thornton or Marlowe playing in the NHL at all next season? So I've been getting questions, especially about Marlowe, um, you know, since, you know, well, since this past season, you know, even before the season ended. Um, I think it's more likely that Thornton will play than Marlowe does. That's my thoughts, uh, too. I think um, not, and that's not to say that Marlowe's done and washed up or anything like that. Um, but I just, I just, I just think it's get, it's getting to be that time. You know, and there was a while where they were both signing one year deals constantly. I was like, oh no, they're still playing. It's fine. Oh no, Joe's coming back. Not a problem. This is the first season where I'm kind of, I think Joe will. Um, Marlo's the one where I'm, I'm, I'm a little more skeptical. Yeah. Well, I can see Jumbo just saying, uh, okay, so uh, Sweden looks pretty good this time of year. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> So, any other outstanding things? I mean, anything that like you looked at? I mean, obviously, the flurry for nothing makes you go what? But is there anything else that kind of you just jumped out at you and you just kind of went, "What the hell are you thinking?" Like it cracked me up yesterday. Um, you guys probably had it on on the you know on the Teal Town feed as well. You know, being on the call with Doug and you know typing out you know that. You know, the team had talked to Martin Jones Tuesday morning before it, it had been made public. And uh, most of my, you know, most of my responses to that was, oh, so he didn't find out on Twitter. Yeah. Like Flurry. <laughs> like, that's the, um, and this, I was, I was, was watching my tweet deck. Just, I wasn't even on the call with Kelly McCrimmon. And just seeing just the, the blocks of dialogue made me want to take a nap. It was so tiring. It just, it's that was just such a messy situation and doesn't doesn't matter how you cut it it didn't matter how many times he insisted that oh well the trade call wasn't done yet when it was leaked and but it's you you like you like you you know what's up you know that you know that reporters are going to put that out there what are you doing it just well not only that but it's it's not as a flurry has an agent that is quiet right <laughs> yeah no doubt it's, oh yeah it was yeah that was just that was just the biggest head scratcher to me i i still don't really yeah uh it's no clue what's going on there 
coming in on the super chat sg2021 thank you for your donation uh wants to know the thoughts on aiden hill i think we kind of covered it a little bit but i mean shalena what, what's like your end all be all with aiden i liked what i saw from aiden hill last season um but like i said before not a huge body of work and i feel like there's a lot of room to evolve um i, I don't think we've seen um aiden hill the end product yet i think um, he's still growing into his role. And um, as I mentioned before, I'm really excited to see how he evolves working with someone like James Reimer, who is really, who works well, as we said before, work, d d does his best work when he's in the tandem and, you know, has this ability to bring really good things out of whoever he's working with. So I, I so I am very excited to see how that evolves. Um, I, I, um, do I think he's just going to, you know, be shutting the door on everybody right off the bat? Probably not. But he, but he, but he, he did do a good job against the Sharks last year. I was impressed with what I've seen from him. I can see him if he can grow into that starting role. I think that would, that would be that would really benefit. Hold on, you, you talked Shalina. about shutting the door real early. Hold on, let me see how many how often we play Anaheim. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Ian. Uh, what do you think this, what do you think the split's going to be? Cause when I kind of look at this, when I, when they signed Hill, I was thinking like probably looking at like a 60, 40 split, probably going to the veteran guy. Now that it's James Reimer, do you think that 60, 40 sounds about right still? Um, yes, I do think, um, they, I mean, they, they, they might even go more 50, 50 just to start off the season and since Boogie knows you know Boogner's coached Reimer knows what he's capable of um you know he he might do more of a split down you know down the middle um but one thing that we do know about Boogner is you know well first of all he's probably super stoked you know to have somebody to put in net who isn't going to give up a goal in the first minute and a half so that's you know which he was very I mean he was you know he didn't min words last season when he didn't think that Jones did well yeah. um so um I, I think he's going to play around a lot with who's hot and who's not and if and Phil has a bad game I don't think he hesitates um to put you know to put Reimer out there so I think we're going to see more of a split just just to start mm -hmm. um and then you know depending on who's the hot hand I, I think it'll you know then it'll start to adjust a bit more well, we also oh. saw Doug Wilson on the call call out uh, Nabby, saying that you know he, he's really impressed with Nabby, so and what he can get out of these goalies. Yeah, agreed. So, so yeah, so yeah, so that's my that's my take on a on uh, on Aiden Hill. Well, and I'm I'm looking at the I'm giving the the schedule a quick uh, horse eye, if you will. I'm only seeing like one back to back. Uh, up through the beginning of December, which is pretty significant. So, you know, that aside from what, and that's really to start, that's on the road trip. I mean, it's four, third game of the season at Ottawa on a Thursday, the next night in Toronto on Friday. Uh, I, I think you have to give Reimer the start in Toronto. Um, oh, oh, abs oh yeah. abs absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I, I do think that we'll, that, you know, that will see Reimer, I would say I I don't have the schedule in front of me. Is that I would say I would say that's that's on that very first road trip, right? Yeah, yeah, it's fourth mm -hmm. fourth game of the season. So right off the bat, so yeah, so I do think right 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 you know right, right off the bat we are going to see both um, both goalies, but I don't think it's going it's going to be something where 
after that, we don't see Reimer again for a while. I don't think it's going to be the Martin Jones, Aaron Dell story all over again. Right. Well, I was going to say, we did see the, uh, kind of, you know, a little bit last year where it was like, <clears throat> you know, Jones would get hot for a little bit and they'd ride Jones and then he'd have a bad game or whatever. Then it's like, okay, throw Doobie in there. And then if Dubnik did well, it was ride him for three or four games. And then Dubnik would start to falter, and then we backed it. So it wouldn't surprise me to see something like that. The only thing that makes me nervous is how that can affect their psyche, especially for a younger tender like Aiden. Yeah, that um that that is very that is very possible. Um, so that in that case, you know, and it, and if he is doing well, maybe it is like what you know what Ian was saying, where it goes to more of a sixty forty, or you know, or even more of a you know more something like that, but. Um, but Bob also isn't going to keep him out there if he isn't doing well. He did, he had to do a lot of that last year and it was very clear that he didn't know that he was kicking himself for it. So, and that, and it was really hard once Dubnik wasn't there anymore and you didn't yeah. have that and they, and I, and I always felt, you know, I've talked about this with you guys. I always felt that they didn't use Dubnik enough. Yeah. Dubnik um, didn't have the rope that Martin Jones did. No, he really didn't. He was on the. He was on such a short lease, leash, excuse me. And it, I, I just, and I never really understood. Um, you know, and then later in the season, when Boomer would be angry with how Jones was doing, it was like, okay, well, you know, you you could have been in a different situation at this point. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I do see. Um, AJ, I do see what you know what you're saying about it getting into Hill's head. Uh, but I also don't, and I and I do think that 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 is something that the coaches are going to you know keep in mind. But I also don't think um, I also don't think they're gonna you know be so worried about what's going on with him mentally just from that standpoint because he's also young. And it's like okay, you need to toughen up, dude. You want a starting role? <laughs> Get your act together. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, just a couple side notes. We saw Nick Merkley and Jacob. Liquid hot magna, magna. <laughs> sign their deals, uh, you know, one year each, I believe, respectively. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that's the, you have to sign your captain. That's that's what you do. That's kind of yeah. That's kind of how it works. Yeah, I really like Nick Merkley. Like, I I think he's kind of figured out how to be an NHLer at this point. Really liked him in junior. I watched a lot of Nick Merkley in junior when he was on Kelowna with Rourke Chartier. Um, and I always really liked his game there. I haven't, I, I kind of followed him through Arizona and then he ended up in, in New Jersey, but I like, he's a guy who I think is going to be a guy who can probably play in between both on the Barracuda and pitch in and, and play fourth line minutes on the Sharks. Uh, I think that might be an underrated signing when it's all said and done. And uh, another player of note, and again, this is somebody that I believe Wilson had said that they'd kind of kept tabs on, but uh, Peterson coming in for mm -hmm. that, uh, what, fourth rounder from Arizona? Fourth, yeah. Um, yeah, Doug, yeah, Doug, yeah, Doug did say that he had kept tabs, that he'd been keeping tabs on. He'd been keeping tabs on a lot of guys, apparently. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but that was another one that I think Wilson had in mind. Um, so when, so when, and he was hinting at things on Tuesday. I think that was one where he was already like, okay, this is getting done. So I'm, I don't know as much about Peterson. Um, just, but, uh, so we'll see how that pans out. It's, it's, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what he does because I think, I, I'm curious, like, uh, unless Dylan Gambrell has a really bang up season, 
I really wonder Before. how the front office feels about Dylan Gambrell at this point in his career. Wilson actually mentioned Gambrell in the in the call we were on on Tuesday um, when he was talking about young guys, you know, needing to step up and how there's going to be comp, you know competition in camp. And we talked about some of the young players not. Um, you know, just being too overwhelmed a couple seasons ago to fill in those holes. He mentioned Gambrell. I interviewed Gambrell in 2018, 2019, when he was first going back and forth. Um, and he had, he was so spunky. He was so excited and he was working his tail off going back and forth. And he liked, he, and he liked that workload. And I think had Pavelski not left, if some of the other pieces hadn't left, he would have been able to develop at a, at a slower pace. I think they threw him into the fire too quickly. And then that's, you know, and that's, he just wasn't ready to take on that workload. Not saying that he can't in the future, but I, I do think that that has affected him. You know, that's affected his play. And that's what's resulted in um, you know, him not being able to, you know, produce regularly. Um, he's, you know, he's a great kid and works super hard and he and he is very aware that he needs to do more and he wants to but i do think that they that they expected too much of him too fast yeah not everybody can just slide right in like a mario ferraro or or a kenijov or something exactly exactly i think that was kind of and you know I, what happened with mario ferraro i think you know when they gave all these pieces away a couple of seasons ago i really think the sharks expected more players to be kind of like that to coming in their rookie season and just, you know, go gangbusters and make this huge impact. And not everybody's like that. And even players who were already on the team, you know, guys, you know, guys like Timo, um, who just, yeah, they're great hockey players. And yeah, they do have the potential to take on those, you know, those leadership roles. But I talked to Timo at the start of the 2019-20 season, and he even said he didn't consider himself a veteran. He said, no, he said, no, I'm I'm still one of the kids. Mm -hmm. And so... It's so I do think it's a matter of you know back to Gambrell. I just do I do think it's a matter with some of these guys. They just weren't ready to take on that workload at that time. Uh, one name that we didn't mention. What will Dolan bring to this squad? I am actually very interested. I'm actually I'm actually excited to see what um you know what what Dolan brings. Um. I, I don't know if it's something where it's an immediate impact necessarily, um, but I think there's a lot of room for growth. Let's put it that way. Well, I think I think Ian either has something to say or he sprung a leak. It was one or the other. Way. <laughs> I think Dolan's a guy who has all the talent in the world, but the problem is, is now he has to actually use it. Like he has to he has to adjust quickly because this is a this is a show me deal. Like he, he got the one way deal after what he did. Neil Svenskin. I think he's super talented, but he's going to have to come over and he's going to have to really put his nose to the grindstone to really get adjusted to the NHL game as quickly as possible. Then I'll leave you guys with this more impressive name. Ivan Yuzhenkov or Biaka Batuka. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I won't be asking our bald friend that question. <laughs> that's right for those of you watching thank you very much for doing so i will be talking to one mr drew remenda tomorrow night so uh i'll be asking him that question among others uh but i think that kind of wraps it up unless shalena you have one more did, did something else happen has mark andre Fleury like signed with chicago what what's going on 
that didn't actually happen while my screensaver was up, did it? Oh my gosh, I would die. <laughs> oh. No, no. I, but I think, I think, I, as far as that goes, I think we're all still on flurry, flurry watch. I, I mean, I had a fan go into my mentions and get all angry at all the other fans who kept bringing him up. Um, I think the whole league is very interested to see what happens with him. You know, just even outside of what's going on with their own teams. Um, so oh, yeah. it'll be interesting. Well, yeah, I mean Chicago really trying to change the change the channel on what's the the talking points are in Chicago right now, um, and, and, there and are doing many their best. Talking points. There are yeah. so many talking points, and none of them are very pretty. No. Well, hold, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it was it Chicago that like a year or two ago like put out like a whole letter to the season ticket holder base that says you know we're going to do better? And they were kind of this mea culpa. Or who am I thinking of? Was that Chicago? I think it was no, Montreal. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember oh. if that was Chicago or not. Wasn't sure. I think it was Montreal, wasn't it? Been. Or New York, the Rangers? No, it was the. I think it was the Canadians put out. A, Jeff Molson put out like a a message that got sent out conveniently in the first hour of free agency, like just <laughs> the most chicken shit move ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, who who? Oh, it was Tampa, right? Aren't they the ones that sent out the tweet a couple years oh. ago? Tampa with the... when they oh Tampa when they didn't make it through the first round yeah they had they and they and, and Stamkos was crying in the in his stall and well just yeah, the oh, whole yeah, that, that was right like the next morning there was yeah like, I forgot about that yeah the whole you know we understand you're hurt and this is not the ceiling season we had in mind and it was <laughs> so emo it was just oh, oh. dear lord. Well, uh, you can find her at Shalana Goldman on the Twitter machine and your writing at NHL.com. Is there anywhere else they should be looking for you? No, that's uh, that is that is my new home. That is where I will be. Awesome. And of course, you will join us again sometime coming up through this season. Maybe a little Pacific Division Division preview once everything's all locked down. Oh, I am very much down for that. Absolutely. And then you know the other guy. Um, no, <laughs> no, Ian. When's the next time a TTG is rolling? Uh, I don't know because I'm I'm on vacation next week, so probably after that, once things die down a little bit. Oh, perfect, perfecto. Again, uh, AJ underscore strong, and I'll be talking to Drew Remenda tomorrow, and then after that, I don't know. Uh, depends on on what else happens. How much? Uh, how much cap space do we have? About six point something, and we still got to sign Aiden Hill and Noah Gregor. So, I mean, there's there's going to be a little wiggle room. Do they max out, or do they say, you know what, we're going to hold on to this because what if stuff doesn't? What if Dolan is not the guy that we didn't think he was? What if Timo doesn't bounce back? What if Barabanov can't continue what he's done? What if Eric Carlson get injured again? maybe we need a little bit of wiggle room for down for the what if situation. We'll see. And when it happens, we'll be back on. So thank you everybody for joining us. And remember if you ever miss a show and need to catch it again, you can catch it on your favorite podcast platform on YouTube and at tealtownusa.com. Uh, that's Shalana. That's Ian. I'm AJ. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you guys next time.